the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. We are, as always, delighted to have you with us today. And um, it is sort of a special day because this is the Friday before Christmas. And uh, this has been certainly uh, a week uh, of a lot of historical um, items that have been happening, both in Washington and, quite frankly, with uh, uh, some things happening right here in the Bay Area. But uh, as we're focusing now on uh, Christmas, which will happen uh, bright and early on Monday morning, we've got uh, the weekend before us. And maybe there's just uh, one or two of you out there who, um, well, are finding yourselves just a little bit distracted. And so uh, I thought that we would just take a a couple of moments to uh, talk about uh, some things that uh, are part of Christmas. And uh, they're things that, um, well, quite frankly, end up being stressful. They sometimes contest our emotions, and they certainly are distractions. I want to let you know that uh, I ran across a very interesting uh, article at the uh, Union Church of La Harp, Illinois, and um, I want to share excerpts from this uh, article from you, and they're online if you want to look at the copy of it yourself at unionchurch.com. Senior Pastor Bruce uh, Gorsuch uh, is a senior pastor. I think this is uh, Bruce's work, but I definitely want to give a full attribution to this. I um, thought it was pretty neat. Um, it's not something that I created, but it's something that I want to share. You know, the idea is, is that, uh, I don't know about you, but the last couple of days, just trying to get around anywhere in traffic has been stressful. Trying to get a parking lot to get into one of the stores, do a little shopping, that's stressful. And uh, I even had to uh, stand around about 20 minutes in one of our local department stores to wait for somebody to come over with a key so I could uh, actually retrieve something that I wanted to buy for a present. So it's very frustrating, very distracting. But, um, you know, as we think about the distractions uh, in our lives, I was thinking about, well, what about the distractions of Christmas? And in fact, um, the, um, the piece that I read talked about the distractions of the first Christmas. Now, for those of you tuning in, you know that uh, by now that if you're a regular listener, I am a, I am a Christ follower, and so Christmas is very important to me. And um, along with that, so many of you listening know uh, some of the basics, the specifics of the Christmas story that uh, has been retold now time and time again with all the Christmas presentations and productions, uh, television programming. But um, I wanted to share a little bit about uh, the distractions of the first Christmas because, you know, when you think about it, you had Mary and Joseph. And um, there's a lot of things that we, you know, sort of uh, smile about. We think about the the first Christmas and uh, uh, when the baby Jesus came into the world. But, um, you know, they had some obstacles. And maybe you have some obstacles this afternoon, so... 
I thought I would share a little bit about uh, putting things in perspective. And, and by the way, uh, if you're all stressed out because you got to get the gifts for the season, you know, the right gifts, you don't have to get the right gifts. You don't have to, the, to get the must-buy gifts for this Christmas because how many of those must-buy gifts by the time January 15th roll around, rolls around, especially for the kids and the grandkids, well, sometimes they're on to something else, right? Right. So let's talk about those distractions. Let's talk about Mary. Mary, have you ever thought about this? Well, Mary was with child, right? So Mary was dealing with the hormonal changes that were in her body. And uh, think about this. She was pregnant. She was not pregnant by Joseph. So think about the awkward and the perhaps strained relationship she had with Joseph. By the way, remember, she had to tell Joseph, Joseph, I'm with child, and it's uh, not your child. And if you know the story, Joseph was in love with her, and instead of shaming her, he was going to divorce her quietly, And but yet she's having to convince Joseph, hey, I, I, am, I am with child from the, from the Holy Spirit. So think about that as a major distraction in one's life. And, and on top of that, remember that they were in a new marriage. Okay, so they were betrothed. When you were betrothed, we think of it as being engaged. But uh, back uh, in in the times that uh, the story took place in uh, in uh, ancient Israel, you know, when you were betrothed, you were were you know you were married. Think about the, her small little village of Nazareth. Think about the distraction there, because as she walked around and as her belly became larger and larger, that people started finding out. Can you imagine what she went through, the distraction of the disapproval of being pregnant? And was it Joseph? Oh, it wasn't Joseph. Well, then who was it? That's pretty stressful. Now, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have to take trips. And the trips aren't actually at the time when it's convenient. So here is Mary. She's pregnant. And guess what? It's time to take a road trip to Bethlehem. Now, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant, but I know some of our our women are listening today who have uh, had that experience. So just imagine the the bad timing of this trip to Bethlehem. And by the way, she's going to take that trip riding on a donkey. Nazareth, through Jerusalem, down to Bethlehem. Now that's what I call some difficult times. That's what I call some some kind of a distraction. But, you know, she she took it all in. She was a picture of faithfulness and grace, even though things weren't easy, but um, her heart was right. And so as we're distracted right now, think about her. But let's not leave Joseph out of the story this afternoon. Here we had Joseph, falls in love with Mary, you know, in love head over heels. Now he's married, but they're betrothed, and that means that for Joseph— he was married, and for his part, the, the marriage was not consummated yet. So uh, he's kind of standing on the sidelines. He's got uh, his hormones to deal with as well. And then he finds out that he is now not only dealing with uh, a new bride, but uh, now he has his bride in a, in a pregnancy that uh, he didn't cause. I mean, it wasn't his seed. Think about that as he began to to really come to grips with this and how that affected him emotionally. And now all of a sudden, he's got to accept that uh, it wasn't another man. It was the Holy Spirit. 
and just think about uh, he's just wanting to get married, and now he has the responsibilities of not only providing for a wife, but now his family has already started, and he has to be concerned with providing for the family. Now, I say this with all love and respect, but, um, you know, sometimes when, um, when women are pregnant, they get just a little bit moody and very understandably so. So now he's having to, uh, to deal with this and uh, he's got the anxiety, uh, once Jesus is born of taking care of Mary and now the, the baby Jesus. And, and don't and just remember this, that as he's He's walking. I mean, he didn't get in the car. He didn't drive on over to uh, Bethlehem. He's got this long walk, and he's thinking, and he's thinking, and he's thinking about all of what's going on. And then when he finally gets to Bethlehem, they're tired. He has a pregnant wife. She's on the back of this donkey. They, have you ever been in a point where you just get to where you're going? Maybe your flight's been delayed or your drive was delayed, or maybe it's just a long 8- or 10-hour deal, and all you want to do, what you want to do? You want to get to the front desk. You want to pick up your key. You want to go to your room. How many of you have just plopped on the bed, got the remote control, flopped on the bed, and turned on the television set? Because all you want to do is chill for a few minutes that you finally arrived. Well, imagine what he felt when he got to Bethlehem and there was no room. And they had to end up uh, not only going to a stable and a manger, but that's where Jesus would be born. Now, that's what I call some distractions. That's what I call some some obstacles. And as uh, you are looking at whatever obstacles remain between uh, now and uh, Christmas morning, you know, they had to deal with shortages of money. They had to deal with loneliness. Um, they had to gather the energy to, to deal with this issue. And just think about the expectations that weren't being met that uh, he had to endure and Mary had to endure. So as we look at facing difficult difficult situations and uh, just some thoughts this afternoon about sort of recalibrating our life and setting our priorities, you know, it is the reason for the season. That reason is, well, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I just want to share with you that uh, those of us that are all in, those of us that uh, believe he is, in fact, uh, uh, part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and uh, Holy Spirit, and that those who put their trust in him and uh, will follow him and uh, will allow the Holy Spirit to just lead and guide their lives, uh, we have the blessed hope of eternal life. And I could not um, not take a moment this Christmas to talk about uh, that to uh, our broader audience, those of you that are listening uh, on our um, answer stations as well as on the biz and our faith talk stations, that uh, when we talk about gifts, when we talk about presents, the greatest gift, the greatest present uh, is eternal life that uh, is available for you. It's something that my family has uh, accepted and that we are looking forward to. And uh, so as um, all of the pressures, all the emotions of the last Friday before Christmas, at least you have uh, tomorrow and Christmas Eve is on Sunday. So oftentimes we may hit a Friday and it's Christmas Eve and not much chance for you to, to share with you more than many of you having the weekend off. 
You've got time to put this all together, and you've got time for this to be a very special time. So whatever the circumstances that are going on with you, whatever the challenges are that's going on with you, um, and all of the distracting people that you might have to be dealing with uh, both now and uh, uh, maybe it's even with some of those uh, relatives uh, who are either uh, have arrived already or are going to be arriving uh, in the next few days and sometimes uh, relationships get a little strained through the holidays. Just want to just remind you that uh, you can just um, sort of uh, sit back, sort of take a perspective, and realize that um, all of what uh, you have planned doesn't have to perfectly turn out in the next few days. Uh, it will all be well. And uh, I would say de-stress yourself. Take the emotions out of it. Uh, plan ahead. Try not to rush around. Know there's going to be extra traffic. Know there's going to be extra people at the mall. Know that, quite frankly, people are going to be irritating you between now and Christmas and maybe even during Christmas. But um, let's not lose what Christmas is all about. As you know, we've been, uh, many of us have been wishing each other Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, if you're rushing around and you're just burned out and things aren't very merry to you, well, let's, uh, let's see what we can do to uh, scale things back, not worry about all of the news of the world, all the issues of the world, all the things that need to be fixed as we go forward, and especially... The answers that you seek day in and day out right here on our answer stations and the financial uh, advice that uh, you want to add to your day on our biz stations and, of course, the spiritual guidance from our uh, faith talk stations. Hey, right now, just take a little time out if you're in your car or where you're at and just lift up a little prayer of the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for who you are and maybe I want to know more of you or maybe I want to come back to you, but I assure you, that uh, if all of the things that are on your list don't get exactly done the way that you think they ought to be done, it still will be all right. It still will be okay. Well, more of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. And my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, will have a, a little bit of a message for you coming up next on this Friday before Christmas. Bill Bunkley here. It's the worst humanitarian crisis in our lifetime. Over 2 million refugees have settled in the tiny country of Lebanon. Over half of them are children with no hope for a future. They are the innocent victims of war and terrorism. But this Christmas, you can join with our Christian brothers and sisters at Heart for Lebanon to bring them the greatest gift ever given. Please call 877-873-0190 or online at letstalkfaith.com. Don't miss Land O'Lakes Christian School's annual open house, Sunday, January 28th, 1 to 3, at First Baptist Church of Land O'Lakes. Tour the classrooms, examine curriculum, and meet the staff. Celebrating 40 years in Christian education, Land O'Lakes Christian School is accredited by the American Association of Christian Schools, North American Christian School Accrediting Agency, and the National Council for Private School Accreditation. Classes available pre-K 3 through 12th grade. More information at lolcs.org. That's lolcs.org. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. The holidays bring families together. We help keep them together. Would you partner with us here at the end of the year to help us reach and strengthen even more families? Your tax-deductible gift will help Focus increase its impact in your life and with others. 
Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year Welcome back, Bill Bunkley here on this Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. Countdown to Christmas is underway. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. I want to remind you that we have the two books to give away, and that contest is still ongoing today. So if you'd like to uh, put your name in the hat to win one of five copies of David Limbaugh's new book from Regnery Publishing, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels, Go right now to either am860theanswer.com or am930theanswer.com. Click on the contest tab and put your name in the hat to win. You can, uh, again, you can continue to uh, register to win each and every day to the end of the month. Then uh, for those of you listening and uh, on our Faith Talk stations, and you're familiar with that website, anyone can uh, register for the drawing, by the way. Dwight Longenecker has written a brand new book, Mystery of the Magi, The Quest to Identify the Three Wise Men. That uh, you can qualify by um, getting in the contest at letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com. You can get also there, click the contest tab, and uh, we'll have five copies of that to give away. Well, I want to remind you that um, we're going to be gearing up right after the first of the year. I'll be broadcasting live from the state capitol in Tallahassee, Florida, as president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And it's going to be a very interesting session now that uh, Senator Latvala has, will be resigning uh, during the first few days of next year. And uh, the Senate will be one member short uh, during that time. Actually, they're going to be two members short because uh, Senator Clements uh, also had to resign over sexual harassment. So I want to remind you that um, I am president uh, of the organization, and we're looking at our annual budget for next year as well. And uh, I don't do a lot of uh, uh, asking, but uh, I want to remind you that uh, now or in the first of the year, uh, our annual expenses are the most heaviest as we're traveling back and forth uh, during the uh, 60-day process of Tallahassee. And, uh, well, that's going to be starting on January the 9th. So... As you are considering and uh, being thoughtful about uh, who you would be able to um, to uh, support at uh, this time of the year, I want to ask you that if you would like to uh, stand with uh, myself and the Florida Ethics Religious Liberty Commission and some of the reporting that uh, we'll be doing both online through our emails, go to floridareligiousliberty.com, floridareligiousliberty.com. That will bring you to the website uh, of the Ethics Commission. And you can give online there. I also want to encourage you to um, go ahead and sign up for our emails. And we will be glad to uh, then include you on the list where we go into much more detail than we can here on the Bill Bunkley Show 
Um, and we'll have just shy of 2,000 bills that will be filed for the January, February, March session. And uh, we'll be picking out uh, those that we'll be following. And, uh, of course, some of the bills we'll be supporting. Some of the bills we'll be opposing. But nonetheless, um, if you appreciate um, the work that we do uh, in these areas, again, uh, we would uh, very much ask you to go right now to floridareligiousliberty.com. That's floridareligiousliberty.com, and you can give your secure online contribution. Well, coming up in a moment, my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, who is senior pastor of Idlewild Baptist Church. Uh, he was uh, here visiting with us uh, in the past week. And uh, while he was with us, uh, there were some thoughts that he had uh, on Christmas. And so um, before we take a, a break and uh, have a chance to listen to a fascinating story about Al Capone, the 1933 um, World's Fair, and what was happening in Chicago during the time of Prohibition, my pastor is going to uh, be along uh, here in just a moment and actually going to be taking us into uh, our mid-show first hour break uh, with our updates from SRN News. But um, listen in as he gives a, a little bit of cheer to us as we're getting ready to, well, celebrate one of the most merriest times of the year. Here is my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten. The story begins like so many do. It was a long time ago in a town no one knew. There lived in this place a father and son. The boy's name was Benjamin, but Benny for fun. One night, the boy's father stood over his bed. I think it's time you learn what a shepherd boy did. Benny jumped up and he danced with delight. Finally, he'd sleep under the stars tonight. He had dreamt of this day and now it had come. He would work with his dad till the work was all done. So he gathered his things, but packed up no toys. Tonight was a night for a man, not a boy. As he picked up his pack, he saw one more thing. It was his favorite blanket that he wanted to bring. The edges were tattered and frayed on the ends, but it stayed with him always like a soft, faithful friend. Should he leave it behind? It was such a childish thing, but sleeping without it made him sad to think, I can't leave it here, but I don't want to be late. So he stuck it in his coat as he ran out the gate. They worked until night till the moon was up high and laid down to sleep under the stars in the sky. Benny turned from the fire where no one could see, and he pulled out his blanket he had tucked underneath. As his father laid down, that sight made him grin. Maybe just one more night as a boy among men. Suddenly they awoke to a light in the sky, and a hundred voices singing with wings they could fly. These creatures sang loudly. Benny covered his ears. They said, a king is born, your savior is here. The shepherds at once hurried down the road to go find the baby that the angels foretold. They came to a place that a shepherd knows well, a cave with a donkey and a familiar sheep smell. But they didn't expect to see what they saw, a mother and a baby surrounded by straw. In silent hushed tones, they gathered with sighs and some of the men had tears in their eyes. What a gift God had given to these men with low worth to behold the Messiah on the day of his birth. The first shepherd stepped up and he sang him a song. The second gave him a tunic that was woven and long. One gave a staff, an old piece of wood, 
and bent down on one knee where once he had stood. Benny's father gave a lamb that he carried in hand. This sheep will give wool, he said to the man. But these were not gifts for a baby, Benny thought. But what could he give? What had he brought? He reached in his coat and he felt the soft fleece. When the baby cried, Benny's heart was at peace. He gave up his blanket as he held out his hand. Benny knelt as a boy and he stood as a man. When you come to the manger, what gift will you bring? For Benny, he gave his most precious thing. Because Jesus gave a gift, the greatest gift to mankind. He gave up his life so that I could have mine. What gift will you bring for this tiny infant king? Could it be that he wants your most precious thing? show coming up right after this. SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump has signed the $1.5 trillion tax package into law. He said he had been planning a more elaborate ceremony, maybe to hold that in early January, but when he heard many news reporters today accusing him of failing to deliver on a promise to have that all finalized as a Christmas present for the American people, he said, okay, he would do it today from the Oval Office in a much less formal ceremony. That's what he did. Winter storm is moving into the East Coast with the potential to disrupt holiday travel. The National Weather Service says a storm system, which resulted in snow yesterday all the way from the Colorado Rockies to the Great Lakes, is bringing much of the same to the northeast. It will stretch all the way from New York to Massachusetts and all of New England. Most Americans feel sexual misconduct is a major problem. That's according to a new poll by the Associated Press, Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. More details at srnnews.com. In a time that was hopeless. Mary, there's no room at the end. In a world of unforgiveness. Oh, fine. It's okay. Grace arrived in Bethlehem. Oh, Joseph, he's coming. And love appeared with the birth of a baby boy. Christmas, celebrating the birth of our Savior. He's, he's here. Faith Talk 570. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Everyone knows about George Frederick Handel, but few remember Charles Jennings. But it was Jennings who wrote and conceived the idea of the Messiah, the massive oratorio that is performed thousands of times worldwide at Christmas. Jennings wrote the libretto, that is the text of the Messiah, tying together the Bible's central story, God's salvation of his people through the work of the Messiah. He used the very words of the Bible for his text. Jennings had a purpose in his project, and that was to remind his audience of the truth and power of the story of salvation, and thus his attention to the birth of Christ. In just 21 days, Handel put the words to majestic music. For unto us a child is born. 
That is the prophet's declaration of God's great gift to us at Christmas. It is the reason for the unspeakable joy Christians know at Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Salem Radio family. I'm Albert Moeller. Learn more at townhallreview.com. Here's some great news, and we could all use some great news for 2018. If you're worried about your health care costs or you feel like you're missing out because open enrollment is over, well, it's not too late to join MediShare. You can sign up anytime. And think about this. The typical savings for a family with MediShare is about 500 bucks a month. Think what a difference that would make to your budget. Again, that 500 a month is the typical savings. It could be more or less for you. Definitely worth taking a couple minutes to find out. There are over 300,000 MediShare members sharing each other's medical bills and something they're now loving MediShare has a telehealth program that lets you log in and meet with a doctor in real time within the comfort of your own home. For everything from a cold or flu or for a prescription, you can save a lot of time and money, and it's free. Again, open enrollment might be over, but you can still join MediShare. Here's the number to find out more, 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE, 844-41-BIBLE. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. I want to remind you that every day from 9 to noon, Financial Issues, we're going to take your financial questions. You're going to hear about the economy. You're going to hear a little bit about politics as it relates to the economy and your ability to be a good steward of all that God has given you. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. Weekdays, 9 to noon on our sister station, AM 1380, The Biz. Welcome back, Bill Bunkley here, and uh, boy, I tell you, I have a a book this afternoon that we're going to review, and uh, what a book would would be special for you to have, not only going into Christmas, maybe something for a stocking stuffer, but certainly for if you have some time off between Christmas and New Year's, this is a fun book. It is, uh, of course, from our opportunity for us to uh, bring you a story about Al Capone and the 1933 World's Fair, the end of the gangster era in Chicago. My guest this afternoon is William Elliott Hazelgrove, and um, he has a master's degree in history and is the national best-selling author of 10 novels and three works of nonfiction, including Madame President, The Secret Presidency of Edith Wilson, that came out in 2016, and Forging a President, How the Wild West Created Teddy Roosevelt, one of my favorites. Of course, that was from this year. In addition to that, uh, he has been all over the place in terms of uh, uh, speaking and publications, media outlets. He also runs a cultural blog, The View from Hemingway's Attic, and he lives in the windy city of Chicago of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, William Hazelgrove, good to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, let's let's dive into this because going back to 1933 is, of course, before my time, and uh, they had a World's Fair there. It was uh, portrayed as last of the golden age. Talk a little bit about why this was a pivotal time and uh, what your years of research was able to draw out, especially about one of their famous residents who happened to be a full-time resident of Florida as well. You know, 
know, uh, this is really, we kind of start with the Devil in the White City uh, book, which was the 1893 fair. Okay, so that fair said Chicago uh, had arrived. So 40 years later, Chicago did it again, except this time they have to get rid of Al Capone to even have the fair. Why is that? Well, because in 1929, we had the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which, which was horrible. And the, the people in Chicago, leading Chicago, realized that nobody would come to this fair. This is called the Century of Progress now. Now we're talking about the 33 fair. So, so they realized they have to do something. And, of course, your listeners probably are thinking, oh, Elliot Ness, well, and the Untouchables. Well, that is not true. That was actually written by a guy named Oscar Fraley in 1957. Uh, Ness at that time was a drunk, met Fraley. Fraley goes, do you got any stories? So Ness gives him a, a manuscript. Fraley creates the whole untouchable thing. So, so that's not true. What did happen, though, was they had six guys called the Secret Six. There were six Chicago millionaires who banded together and hired a secret police force to get rid of Capone so they could have this fair in 1933, which, by the way, is the worst year of the Great Depression. Well, you just burst my bubble because, uh, William, you got to know that I grew up with Elliot. I mean, oh, I, I, oh, right. I, I mean, black and white series. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, say it ain't so, say it ain't so that Elliot Ness was not the guy. And I can picture that famous actor right in my mind uh, who was just, I even liked the reruns. Robert Stack. Yeah, Robert Stack. my buddy yeah, he, Robert. I know, I know. We got Kevin Costner. Well, uh, it gets even worse. Ness died. Before Fraley, who again is a sports writer, published the book. The book sells a million copies. He sells it to the network. He sells it to the movies. And again, the whole thing was made up. Absolutely made up. Unbelievable. Now, talk a little bit about this. This further talk. Famous, give us the the, the the fair, but also Chicago. Okay. The sure. idea we're in this depression, and and you've got these six individuals, right? And we don't even know about them today. Talk about yeah. that. Okay. Right. So they're called the Secret Six. And basically, they were six Chicago millionaires. One of them was Julius Rosenwald, okay, who was the president of Sears, and the other one was McCormick, who ran, uh, was publisher of the Chicago Tribune. Okay, so they, they had this horrible, horrible problem with Capone, yet they're going to build a fair with no money. So they have to come up with the money to build the fair, and this is going to be a fair of technology. And just to preface it, Sally Rand's going to be there, the feather dancer. Judy Garland is actually going to sing there. And, and here's a little quick story of Judy Garland. She's not famous yet. She's there with her mother. They get in a fight. She leaves the fair and goes over to the Biograph Theater, sees a man in the Biograph, thinks, oh, he's a movie star. Can I get your, your autograph? He says, sure. He gives it to her. The man's gunned down three hours later. It's John Dillinger. Just wow. to show you how, you know, in, in this moment in time in 33, all these people are crossing paths. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things happening here. And again, we're talking to William Hazelgrove. The book is Al Capone in the 1933 World's Fair. And by the way, I'm going to give you his website because a uh, fascinating historian, not just in this work, but uh, in, in many other works we want you to plug in with. So not only do we have the Depression, but we also have something called Prohibition. And now we have six capitalists who really want to make a successful run financially of the 1933 World's Fair. And th this thing is getting ready to unfold in many different ways. So go ahead. Yeah. All right. So they have to get rid of Capone. Now, a lot of your listeners probably know the tax evasion story. What they don't know is that the Secret Six pioneered, number one, 
using informers to a witness protection program. The reason Capone controlled Chicago was because he would kill anybody who would testify against him. Well, what did the Secret Six do? They put the witnesses on a steamer and sent them down to South America to wait. And then they'd bring them back to testify. So nobody had done this before. They, made, they created their own speakeasy. They had informers. So, so now they're getting Capone under wraps. They, have a, they bring a tax evasion charge. This is going to put Capone on ice, and they can build their fair. Well, what is the 1933 Chicago World's Fair? It's a fair of technology. It's a fair that says things are going to get better. And, and how are they going to get better? Well, there's long-distance calling. This is at the 33 fair. People can make a long-distance call anywhere. This, this is astounding to people. What else is there? The sky ride. 625 feet up, people can take a cable car back and forth. Why is this a big deal? Because in 1933, most people had never, ever flown before. So this is another thing. Uh, another thing would be microwave popcorn, if you can believe that. That actually came out of this fair. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Television was at this fair, a very crude device where people could sit down and see themselves in the next room on an image, you know, a very fuzzy image, but it still was television. So uh, this is fascinating to people who a lot were born in the late 19th century, and they're coming to this very exotic fair, seeing all these things. Meanwhile, they're getting Capone at the same time and trying to put him away through this tax evasion trial. Hmm. Now, as I think you were pointing out uh, in the book, that even there were some individuals who uh, had actually lived through the 1860s and were part of the Civil War. And so they have come up through that part of Americana, and then they arrive at this 1933 World's Fair with some of these absolutely state-of-the-art things uh, technology-wise, and they're blown away, right? Oh, yeah. Among the things that they came to see, you know, we take for granted, Chrysler was there. Chrysler was there assembling a car. And and people just had never seen anything like this. What else was there? Neon. They called it gaseous tubing. Again, we take this for advantage. Nobody had seen these kind of things before. And again, the sky ride was the equivalent of the Ferris wheel, the 1893 fair. They had like what they called rocket cars. And the rocket cars went all of 10 miles an hour. But again, people had never been that high. You know, it, it might be interesting to your listeners to know that only 10% of the people at this time owned a car. So it, most people in Chicago would actually stay within their blocks as they grew up. So, you know, when, when they had these fairs, they were exact. Now, who else was at the fair? Sally Rand. Sally Rand, the feather dancer. Okay. Now, 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 you got to tell her about tell this story. Now, keep in mind, some of our audience is a Christian audience. Some of them are conservatives. Right. But uh, here we have Prohibition. We have speakeasies that were run by Capone. So you had this sort of public, uh, uh, you know, uh, community, but you had the underground community. But right. Sally Rand, she sort of uh, brings things out in the open, right? Yes. she uh, To say the least. Actually, she, believe it or not, she was, her real name was Harriet Beck. She was from the Ozarks. She had gone to Hollywood, you know, as a lot of young women were doing to become famous. Meet Cecil B. Mills. He puts her in a bunch of movies, but they're silent movies. Then the talkies come. Well, she has a lisp. The Mills says to her, you know what, you're done. She takes a, tra- a bus to Chicago, a train rather, gets off goes into the Paramount Club in the State Street with two long ostrich feathers, does a dance with not much on under the feathers. Okay, but she wants to get into the World's Fair. Well, they won't let her. So what does she do? The night of the opening of the fair, this is one of the first scenes of the book. Hold on, hold on, put your seatbelts on, okay? This is a story of story. Go ahead. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Sally Rand gets on a horse. She has all white body paint on her body and a little cape on her blonde hair. She gets on a white horse, puts it onto a, gets onto a boat. Because remember, now the fair is on Northerly Island. So a lot of your listeners who don't know Chicago, we have this big island just off Lakeshore Drive. Mm-hmm. It's actually not attached. Okay, so that's where the fair is. She takes this boat out to the lake, comes in, gets off with the horse, gallops through the fairgrounds into the opening ceremonies where all the muckety-mucks are, up onto the stage. The horse rears up with this woman who, again, only has body paint on. All the photographers snap her picture. They think, oh, this is part of the opening of the Chicago Fair. She's immediately arrested. But then they hire her as the feather dancer. She becomes the number one financial draw of the Chicago World's Fair, making $5,000 a week. William Hazelgrove, it just seems like this is made up. I mean, I am, it's, and it's not, but I am, uh, I am so fascinated with, uh, uh, I guess the word is gumption, but uh, for her to do what she did, and uh, I would say that, yes, you had some of the underground clubs. Yes, you had prostitution. Yes, you had gambling. Yes, you had the speakeasies. But as far as the, the public, uh, you know, what newspapers were writing about and community affairs, this this was very different, wasn't it, to what people were, were at least exposed to in their open civilization there? I mean, in the 1893 fair, you had what was called the Hoochie Coo, which was sort of the, this woman dance around. Sally Rand took it another step. Now, this this launched her, too. I mean, after this, you know, she she went on tour and never stopped. I mean, her her act became famous, I mean, to, to the point where, you know, she did it all the way up through the 70s and, you know, or in the 80s. And actually, some of your uh, listeners may have seen a movie called The Right Stuff. In the final scene, when the astronauts, that's that movie about astronauts, mm-hmm. in the final scene, in the Houston Astrodome, Sally Rand does her feather dance. And that's actually her. She's about 70. So, so I mean, the, the, the longevity of this woman's incredible. But the fact that she, you know, it's very American, this drive to become, you know, famous, this, this going to Hollywood. It's a classic story. And that really began in the 20th century when people started coming off the farms and said, you know what, there's a brighter light. It's on the West Coast. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to New York. And so she was, you know, she was one of these early women who did this, uh, so in the Busby Berkeley fashion, the gold diggers, you know, the woman going to find the, her fortune and, you know, with, either with or without a man. So, you know, she, she's very iconic of that era and again you know as you said quite a bit of gumption to do something like that hmm. now i want to tell you going to take a break in just a moment but we are talking about a book that would be just a uh, you'd have a hard time I've, I've had a hard time putting this down it's al capone in the 1933 world's fair the end of the gangster era in chicago we're talking with uh, william hazelgrove and by the way his website is williamhazelgrove.com that's ha- williamhazelgrove.com uh dot com. if you buy your home or office pc why don't you click on that when we come back and uh william's going to hold over for just a few moments uh, into the next segment when we come back i want to circle back because i think we've whet your appetite on chicago 1933 and the bizarre things that were happening there at the world's fair let's circle back and talk about al capone i want to talk about prohibition Guess how much he made a week during Prohibition while sitting in Florida. I'm Bill Bunkley. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
It's the worst humanitarian crisis since World War II. Two million refugees have flooded into the tiny country of Lebanon. More than half are children, settled in makeshift tent settlements with dirt and disease everywhere. But at heart for Lebanon's Hope Center, lives are being changed. Here's Rahaf, a 14-year-old Syrian refugee. I thank God for Lebanon because he learned me about Jesus. Jesus changed me for this. I love Jesus so much. This Christmas, you can bring the love of Jesus to a whole classroom of these children. Call 877-873-0190. That's 877-873-0190. Or go online to letstalkfaith.com. Please be as generous as you can when you call. That's 877-873-0190. Or give safely and securely by clicking the Heart for Lebanon banner at letstalkfaith.com. Here's Dr. Robert Jeffress with today's Pathway Minute. And notice what Gabriel said about this news. He said, this is good news. The gospel is not bad news. It's not a message of hate. It's a message of hope. This is good news of great joy. And guess who it's for? It's for all the people. The good news didn't come just to the Jews or Gentiles. It's not just for Baptists or Catholics. It is for everyone, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, atheists, anyone and everyone who trust in Christ can be forgiven of his sins. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. No matter how dark and bleak your situation is, the good news of Jesus' forgiveness bursts through like light and dispels the darkness forever. That's why Christ came. Today's Pathway Minute is provided by your station and Pathway to Victory. To hear the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. America's veterans are more than a source of pride. They're a source of strength. When our veterans thrive, our communities thrive. With your support, our veterans can get career and education opportunities as well as benefits they've earned. I'm Congressman Daniel Webster. Join me in thanking our nation's veterans. They have given so much. Find out how you can support veterans in our community. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Don't miss Land O'Lakes Christian School's annual open house, Sunday, January 28th, 1 to 3, at First Baptist Church of Land O'Lakes. Tour the classrooms, examine curriculum, and meet the staff. Celebrating 40 years in Christian education, Land O'Lakes Christian School is accredited by the American Association of Christian Schools, North American Christian School Accrediting Agency, and the National Council for Private School Accreditation. Classes available pre-K-3 through 12th grade. More information at L. LOLCS.org. That's LOLCS.org. This is Specialist Everett Williams stationed with the 2nd Infantry Division, Rock U.S. Combined Division in Camp Casey, Korea. I want to wish my family and friends in Tampa, Florida, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. From the 31st Mu Command Element S2 in Okinawa, Japan, we would like to wish our family and friends a Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thankful for those who serve. In partnership with Hungry Howie's Flavored Crust Pizza, Faith Talk 570. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com. 
Absolutely fascinating conversation on this Friday afternoon with William Hazelgrove. He's the author of a new book that we are recommending this afternoon, Al Capone in the 1933 World's Fair. Uh, if you're just joining us, you, you need to go back to the podcast and, and some of the the uh, extraordinary things that were happening just to bring the World's Fair back to Chicago in 1933 and some of the things that were exhibited and, of course, uh, the story about Sally Rand. But the big story that's also uh, running on a parallel track is Al Capone. And, you know, Al Capone uh, was uh, very influential during the period of prohibition in our country. And though he was very prominent there in Chicago, he was running the operation from uh, here in Florida. I want to bring William back in. So tell us a little bit about uh, Al Capone, because uh, he was the one that was very much involved with the speakeasies. What's your estimation of uh, what he was making a week off prohibition in 1933 dollars? Well, actually, Al Capone made a million dollars a week off the sale of beer and whiskey. Okay, this this. He made a million dollars a week. Now, here's an interesting story for your listeners. Capone had a huge bottling operation where he bottled beer. But, but he also, what he did was he bottled milk. And he had this situation where a lot of the milk would spoil. So you know what he started to do? He started to date the milk. So that dating process actually fanned out. So when you go to check your milk tonight, remember, that began with Al Capone, whose nickname was Bottles. So he bottled the milk so to make sure that when the, the warehouse people were shipping milk out, they were shipping out maybe milk that uh, still has time to get out rather than just getting the bottles mixed up. That's exactly right. So those dates, that, that date that you check on your milk every time you buy it, that began with Capone. Capone was actually not a very a stupid man. He was actually very business savvy. He just happened to murder everybody who got in his way. Uh, his operation was vast. Um, you know, he, he, the, here's a couple of highlights from him. He ran everything from the Lexington Hotel in Chicago. He sat in a chair that had armor plate in it. His car was the first armor-plated limousine, okay? His, his gun of choice was what was called the Annihilator, and that's the Thompson machine gun, by the way. That's a machine gun used in the, in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, uh, which fit very easily into a violin case. But Capone, again, he would eventually be convicted of tax evasion. And, wh- and one way they got him was when they switched the juries, okay, and you probably saw this in the movie, <laughs> all right, they switched the juries at the last minute. For the first time, his juries were from downstate Illinois. They were a bunch of farmers. They weren't from the city. And Capone always bought everybody off. But these farmers saw him as evil. They saw him as the devil incarnate. And, and, and he knew then he was done. And that's how they actually got him, is by putting a bunch of people from downstate Illinois onto the jury. And that's who convicted Al Capone. Hmm. William Hazelgrove, uh, now, with all due respect, I know you are a, a resident of Chicago, but uh, we're down here in Florida, so we do hear stories from time to time about corruption in Chicago. I know it might come as a surprise to you down through <laughs> the years. But uh, let's go all the way back to a gentleman, or maybe not a gentleman, by the name of William Thompson. Um, are the right. corrupt mayors that we know the the more right. recent ones, or do we go further back than that? Tell us about William Thompson and who one of his good friends was. Well, William Thompson was actually, uh, you know, put in there by Capone. And Thompson was actually one of the people who Capone 
pushed in. And, of course, you know, he would go meet with Capone to get everything uh, passed. I mean, Capone ran everything. He was the mayor of Chicago, and everybody knew it. It got so bad that the leaders of Chicago went to Herbert Hoover and said, you've got to help us. You know, you've, you've got to do something to help us. And Hoover said, I, I don't know what I can do. And that's really when the Secret Six swung in, who were just, again, you know, citizens, you know, very wealthy citizens. But they created their own police force with 45 investigators and police. And they're the ones, actually, who would convict Capone. Hmm. And last quick question. Got about two minutes left. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, the whole idea about the fair in the middle of uh, the Great Depression and everything was uh, we were talking uh, during the break. And uh, apparently the 1933 fair is the only private fair that ever made money. So in the midst of uh, even though there was some dubious things going on that people could see, certainly is an accomplishment back during the Depression, right? Absolutely. They made money. And here's the thing, Bill, at the very end of the fair, the, the Chicago World Fair of 1933, the citizens rioted on the last night and burned the whole fair down. So, you know, uh, that violence that... And it was because, it, because it was c- coming to an end? What was the reason? Uh, they just felt like, you know, they, they'd closed it and they thought everything was up for grabs, so they stole everything they could and then started a fire and that was the end of the World's Fair. Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Really? There seems to be some parallels even today. I oh, don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. I don't know where uh, some seeds have been planted. Hey, highly recommended. This would be a fun book. Pick up your copy uh, either online or at one of our local bookstores. Al Capone in the 1933 World's Fair. My guest, William Hazelgrove, very distinguished historian, is the author of the book. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. And for those of you who are history nuts like me, this is a rare read. And uh, not a lot's been written about the 1933 World's Fair. And uh, there's going to be some things here that uh, I, I'd like to see a movie about this in the future. We'll have to wait and see. But, William, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, wish you a very uh, blessed uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, you too. And thank you very much for having me. Take care, my friend. Okay, you too. All righty. All right, going to take a break. Top of the hour, we come back. Uh, going to have an opportunity to visit with our friends at Focus on the Family as well as Movie Guide. And more of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up top of the hour on our Fate Talk stations. Don't go away. I'll be right back. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Saturday afternoons at 5, join us for The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. So what we're seeing here is just an amazing explosion of new evidence and new analysis showing that it doesn't fit the Darwinian theory by any way, shape, or form. The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. Saturday afternoons at 5 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. 
News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Val Dior. President Trump today has signed the $1.5 trillion tax package into law. It was a last-minute change of plans. I didn't want you folks to say that I wasn't keeping my promise. I am keeping my promise. I'm signing it before Christmas. The president canceling plans for a big ceremonial signing after the holidays. I said that the bill would be on my desk before Christmas. And you are holding me literally to that. So we did a rush job today. It's not fancy, but it's the Oval Office. The president also using the occasion to sign a stopgap funding bill to avert a weekend shutdown. He'll spend the holidays at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. Wally Hines reporting. National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Hawley says last-minute holiday shoppers across northern New England will have a tough time tomorrow trying to finish buying gifts. I think driving will be a quite difficult, uh, especially tomorrow with the, uh, with the uh, freezing rain. The National Weather Service says the storm system, which resulted in snow from Colorado to the Great Lakes yesterday, is bringing snow to the northeast from New York to Massachusetts and the entire New England area. Hall of Fame broadcaster Dick Inberg has passed away. Nice man with a very decorated broadcasting career. Inberg won 13 Sports Emmy Awards and a Lifetime Achievement Emmy. He received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and UCLA named its media center and Pauley Pavilion after him. UCLA won eight basketball titles during his nine years as Bruins announcer. He went into the broadcaster's wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2015. Mike Hempen reporting. Do you still have shopping to do? You've got the full weekend to shop since Christmas is on Monday, but no, the weather might stump you on Saturday. They're calling it Super Saturday, expected to be the busiest shopping day of the year. Have fun. On Wall Street today, NASDAQ ending down 5, the S&P down 1, the Dow closing down 28. You're listening to Town Hall News. Caregiving is more than a job, it's a calling. And Visiting Angels can match your loved ones with the right caregiver today. For years, the folks at Visiting Angels have been matching compassionate and professional in-home caregivers to individuals based on their needs and personalities. Senior care is meant to make life easier, not harder, and that's exactly what Visiting Angels does every day. Find them online at visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. They're America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels is always seeking those with the call for caregiving. Employment opportunities are available, and Visiting Angels provides support and guidance in fulfilling your caregiving and career dreams. Find them online at visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. Visitingangels.com or 877-374-LIVE. Each office is independently owned and operated. Franchise opportunities are available. Travel experts say more people than ever are heading out of town for the Christmas holiday. Correspondent Matt Small reports the AAA says 90% of holiday travelers choosing to drive will find the most expensive year-end gas prices since back in 2014. The AAA says December's national average price for gasoline is $2.47 a gallon, 28 cents more than this time last year. But AAA expects the average price per gallon to drop at least a nickel before the new year. Today is very busy as travelers start to head out for the holidays. Experts estimate a record-breaking number of Americans will make a holiday commute. According to AAA, more than 97 million people are expected to hit the road. About 6 million will fly and nearly 4 million will take trains, buses, and cruise ships. This year's historic hurricane season exposed a little-known public health threat. Highly polluted Superfund sites that were inundated by floodwaters, potentially spreading toxic contamination. This is Town Hall News. 
Railway safety technology that has been available for decades still isn't mandated, and the NTSB says it is costing lives. Mike Gracia with more. Data provided by the National Transportation Safety Board to the Associated Press shows speed control technology could have prevented 298 deaths and 6,763 injuries from rail crashes between 1969 and May 2015. The NTSB first recommended using automatic train control in 1969. Currently, positive train control operates on only 24% of the nation's passenger miles. Congress has extended the deadline for installing PTC technology until the end of 2018. Mike Gracia, Washington. If you live in the northeastern U.S. and the Great Lakes region, you've likely seen a snowy owl already this year. The birds are migrating away from their homes in the Arctic and have been spotted even in Chicago. Those large hunting birds turning up at airports and on light poles. What a sight to see. This is Town Hall News. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is sponsored by EDI Travel. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll free 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around, or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Hey, we're back. It's a Friday afternoon, and Christmas is just around the corner, and we're all excited about that. But uh, we've got an important hour lined up for you. Coming up in just a minute, an encore presentation of my conversation with Robin Chambers. She's with uh, Focus on the Family. She's the director of the Sanctity of Human Life for Focus. And we're going to be talking again about the Evangelicals for Life conference coming up on January the 18th in Washington, D.C. And that would be a great conference to plug into. I want to remind you that there's still time for you to support the fantastic ministry of Focus on the Family with your year in giving. Go to FocusOnTheFamily.com, FocusOnTheFamily.com, and you can make a secure donation right there. And I want to tell you that uh, we just applaud them for all of what they uh, mean to us and the ministry for this past year. Then coming up in a moment, we'll head on out to uh, California and we'll have our final conversation with Ben Kaiser with MovieGuide.org. And we're going to be talking about some of the movies that are opening up this weekend. And in fact, we're going to have some cautions for you. Uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, as well as Pitch Perfect 3. Both of those are a couple of movies that uh, you might want to uh, stay tuned for our analysis uh, because Ben's going to tell you that those are a little bit questionable indeed. But there's a good one called The Greatest Showman about P.T. Barnum that we'll recommend. All that coming up in a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. 
Self-checkout seems convenient, but the store is the big winner. They save tons of money on labor, but you pay the same price. With Mr. Sparky, if you request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, we'll knock 40 bucks off the cost of our basic service call. That's right. Request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, and the service call is only $19. And I understand there's a new jingle. Problems with the electric, something's wrong. Click MrSparkyFlorida.com. Uh, yeah, we'll work on that. The best Christian music to brighten your day. Messages that inspire hope, life, and spiritual transformation. And a safe place for you to grow in your faith. Hi, this is Dave Fry from Sidewalk Prophets. And if this sounds like something you could use, visit ChristianRadio.com. ChristianRadio.com is a place where you can find hope when it seems there is none. Now, all of your favorite Christian radio stations can go with you wherever you go. Visit online at ChristianRadio.com or download the free mobile app today. Bill Bunkley here. It's the worst humanitarian crisis in our lifetime. Over 2 million refugees have settled in the tiny country of Lebanon. Over half of them are children, roaming tent settlements with no hope for a future. They are the innocent victims of war and terrorism. I was just in Lebanon and personally witnessed their plight. But this Christmas, you can join with our Christian brothers and sisters at Heart for Lebanon to bring them the greatest gift ever given. Please call 877-873-0190 right now. Your Christmas gift of $98 will help bring food and Christian education to 18 refugee children. That's an entire classroom of kids at Heart for Lebanon's Hope Center. Will you stand with me today in rescuing these children for Christ before someone else captures them for evil? Call now, 877-873-0190. That's 877-873-0190 or online at letstalkfaith.com. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us and giving the gift of family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. But what I've learned that as I say no... My resolve is strengthened. Then when sin comes, I can say no, because I've disciplined myself to say no. Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins, weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. She gave me the stars, put them out of my reach.
Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley here. It is Friday afternoon. That means that uh, we are going to have an opportunity to sort of travel, if you will, sort of lead the radio waves out to uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, for our weekly hookup with our friends at Focus on the Family. Of course, Focus on the Family, you can be here that uh, both morning and evening here on our Faith Talk stations. And I uh, just want to tell you how much this ministry means to us. I repeat that week after week. This week, uh, something close to my heart, and that is uh, the idea of the sanctity of human life. And uh, we have been focusing uh, certainly on uh, life at the beginning uh, in the mother's womb. We know that in the years to come, we'll be fighting some battles that has to do with life at the end of life, which is euthanasia. But right now, we've got a wonderful opportunity if uh, you're going to possibly be in the D.C. area uh, come January. Uh, or you might want to make a special trip because today we're talking about the conference Evangelicals for Life. That's going to be January 18th through the 20th. And joining me is a very special person. Robin Chambers is with us, and she is the director of the Sanctity of Human Life for Focus on the Family. And uh, she covers all aspects of Option Ultrasound, which I want to really drill down on today, let you know about that as well. This is a program that provides ultrasound machines uh, and training to qualified pro-life medical clinics uh, in high abortion communities. And uh, she works with a variety of uh, pro-life organizations all around the country in this area of uh, the wonderful technology of ultrasound and getting these in some areas where uh, she's actually spearheading Focus's drive to save some lives. And um, she's been with... uh, uh, focus for more than 20 years, and I just found out, uh, didn't realize it, that uh, uh, she and her husband were stationed at Homestead Air Force Base when Hurricane Andrew came through, and I was just amazed because I was just sharing with her, I flew over that a couple of days afterwards, and it was leveled, and boy, everybody at the base got shuffled all around the place to other bases, but uh, with that, uh, she lives in Colorado Springs, her husband, her children have grown up, but now she is uh, babysitting the grandchildren. With that, Robin Chambers, good to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, wow. Now, tell us a little bit, 20 years being on the forefront of the sanctity of human life or focus on the family. And, of course, focus has been uh, really at at the forefront of this on a national basis. Before we talk about the conference, before we talk about the ultrasound machine, can we talk a little bit about legacy? Tell us a little bit about the commitment that you have uh, had the honor of serving with there with the direction to focus on the family for the work that you do in saving the lives of the unborn. Absolutely. That is actually one of our pillars, and it's the sanctity of human life, that all life is created in the image of God and therefore deserves respect and dignity. And that was something that was very, very close to Dr. Dobson's heart. Um, He started something 40 years ago um, called our Benevolent Resources Program, and that's where we benevolently or freely give um, some of our pro-life resources to pregnancy centers across the globe, and that's something that our donors have been so faithfully giving to for 40 years. And that was something that doctors started because he said, I want them to be able to have really quality educational materials so that they can talk to those women about how precious life is. And doctors actually the one that asked the question 14 years ago when we started Option Ultrasound Program was, what more can we do? What can we do as an organization 
to help really drive down the number of abortions in the United States. And several people in the room, you know, obviously lots of conversation, and we landed on ultrasound. It is such a phenomenal technology that allows that woman to see the life inside her and really see that it's it's not a clump of tissue. It truly is a tiny little baby that just needs time. And that was something that Jim Daly took up when he became president of this ministry. He has been so supportive of our optional ultrasound program. Very, very supportive of this. And we talk to donors all the time, and this really touches the cord with them. So it's something that I am very passionate about. I have two grandchildren that were unplanned pregnancies, and one was scheduled for an abortion, and he is 15 years old and thriving. So this is something that's very close to my heart as well. Wow, what a testimony. Robin Chambers with us, by the way, if you're by your home or office PC, the website for Focus on the Family is FocusOnTheFamily.com. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com. Great resource on the topics we're talking about today, plus a host of other uh, issues and topics as well. And I hope that you, if you haven't already, uh, that you would bookmark uh, their site. Uh, put a star next to it. A great, great resource. Now, um, and I want to talk about the impact that these machines have had because we started out with, uh, um, you know, very, very sketchy ultrasounds and now uh, 3D, 4D, 6D, 10D, whatever it is up to now. <laughs> um, talk a little bit. You know, in this country, uh, we live so much in a spin environment, you know, and, we, and when you're trying to get through the truth, You've got the left side, the right side, and you've got all the commentators, and everybody's picking and choosing, and it really takes a lot of work to get at the truth. So when we're talking about the truth of what happens when life begins, the truth about how early you see these little toes, these little fingers, how early we can then see a a heartbeat or detect a heartbeat, talk a little bit about the fact that with an ultrasound image, you can't spin that left. You can't spin that right. Up, down. It is what it is. Talk about how that has not only impacted women over these last few years, but uh, interesting enough that where we have a younger generation that seems to be very liberal in their lifestyles and a lot of other things, I think because of these ultrasounds, the Washington Times is reporting, for instance, that Gen Y is more pro-life than uh, previous generations. Talk about how important this has been for us to be able to speak the truth and why it's impacting young people today. I I saw that article, and I would agree. It was interesting. We were talking about that as a team of just how pro-life this younger generation is, and I have to say it excites me. But you think about these young people have grown up in a world where there, there's never not been Internet you know, information at the tip of their fingers, you know, and you can go on and Google anything. But you look at an ultrasound picture as early as six weeks, you can see that little heartbeat and it just being fast, 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 fast. You can hear the heartbeat at 10 weeks. They're fully developed. Everything is there. Fingers, toes, beautiful little heart. All they need is time. And I think that with that technology, you can't argue that that's a baby. You you can see all of those pieces and parts 
come together beautifully. Like scripture says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You can see that on the screen. And so I think using technology has been able, we've been able to use that to educate young women as to what really truly is going on in their bodies and empower them then to make a life decision. They deserve to have all the information when it comes to making that decision for life, whether they choose to parent or they choose to make an adoption plan. We want them to choose life, and being able to do that means you have correct, medically accurate information, and that ultrasound technology allows us to do that. Mm. Is there any correlation, and I want to get to the uh, Evangelicals for Life conference here in just a moment, but you know, it's uh, something that I have, and of course, I, I've worked in, um, and not to confuse our audience, we're talking about a conference in a moment that's going to be hosted by the mm-hmm. Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, along with FOCUS. Now, I'm president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, so I don't want our audience to get confused because this is uh, Dr. <laughs> Russell Moore. I handle the Florida lobbying work for the Florida Baptist Convention. This is the national, but um, a- as we yeah. get into this, um, I've, I've really kind of begun to wonder through the years. Obviously, pro-lifers have continued to have children. Um, pro-choicers have continued to be in the tribe that has killed children or aborted children. And it always is interesting to me that, well, one side is killing off their generation. The other side is fostering them. And to some degree, it's not surprising to me that if you're looking at where young people are today, the ones that weren't aborted uh, and from the group that, that knew what life is all about, I think that also has a factor in here. Have you ever given that a thought? You know, I have. And one of the things that I think resonates with me over and over and over is the truth that you and I know is a truth that hasn't been explained or accepted by those who are the pro-choice side, um, which is life is precious, life begins at conception. And so I think it's really hard to um, point a finger in, and say, oh, you know, it's almost as if we're saying they're not thinking, the other side's not thinking about the impact of what it means to choose abortion. But I really, truly, in talking with women who have been very abortion-determined and very abortion-minded, when they come into the centers and you talk with them, I don't think that it is a frivolous decision that they're making. I think they're in a a place of fear. They're in a place of uncertainty, not sure how they can take care of themselves, much less a child. And so I think we have to be really careful in giving a little grace to those that are in that position. But then that comes yes. back to those of us who are called by God into this work, calling our churches to come alongside those women. Well, what does it mean when they choose life? Do we say, oh, yeah, I'm glad they did that, and then they go on about the business of trying to care for themselves and a child? No, I think it's when the church steps up and says, not only are we going to be with you through the pregnancy, we're going to be with you after that baby comes home and on into the next few years. And so, again, I think it's, it's, it's remembering the truth that you and I know is something that hasn't really settled into the heart of those that are pro-choice. They just don't see that truth yet. And that's just because of who we are in Christ. That's because of our relationship with Christ. So I, I think we just have to be careful in, you know, and just remembering to share that truth in love and gently bring them over to our side. And I am not trying to choose sides, but just bring them into, I think that knowledge of what it means to be pro-life 
Um, and it's more more than just marching in the March for Life. It's right. more than um, working, you know, day to day. It really is putting hands and feet to what we're doing day in and day out. Mm. And I tell you, she is so right. And of course, uh, my audience knows this is my 22nd year of um, uh, being in our state oh. capital of Tallahassee on behalf of uh, life and family issues. And uh, and again, uh, it's a when you're in the when you're in the battle committee meeting to com- committee meeting, uh, and you know you're you're sort of a, but at this for a few years like you have there at Focus. Um, it's just very gratifying to see how things are coming around. Now, hey, I want to invite you to consider taking a trip to D.C. That's on January 18th through the 20th, and that's because uh, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, along with Focus on the Family, we want to invite you to a conference, Evangelicals for Life. And uh, with that, uh, Robert, I know that you've been involved with uh, helping to put this together. Tell us about this conference and how people can uh, plug in if uh, they're, they're one of the ones that are very serious about uh, being some of the folks that will help carry this f- forward with the love of Christ mm-hmm. to tell people about uh, the importance of life. Absolutely. I've been very privileged to be part of this. This is my third year, our third annual March, or excuse me, Evangelicals for Life. It's just prior to, as you said, the March for Life in Washington, D.C., um, we have been able to pull together some of the best speakers um, for this event, folks that have really, you know, you know, carried the torch and fought that battle. Um, Dr. Moore, obviously, from the ERLC, will be speaking. Um, Philip Bethencourt, who's also from ERLC, um, our very own Jim Daly, and my vice president, Kelly Rosati, who is um, an advocate for children in foster care. She and her husband have adopted four children from foster care, and she shares her testimony and that, that journey. We have Johnny Erickson Tata. She'll be speaking about um, those with disabilities and still treating them with dignity and respect. And we have um, many, many more speakers who'll be talking about things like special needs, children with special needs, um, end-of-life issues, um, just Everything that you can think of as pro-life and pro-justice would be coming together. Um, we are so very excited. We have 30, 30 speakers coming who will talk about this. Um, we begin on Thursday afternoon and go through the evening and then go Friday morning. And then we break and we march alongside our, our Catholic brothers and sisters um, for the March for Life Friday afternoon and then conclude on Saturday morning. The best way to get information about this is to go to evangelicals.life. Um, that has our schedule. That has location. We're at the J.W. Marriott in Washington, D.C. Um, it has the cost for that. It has the schedule housing, everything that your listeners would need to um, to have in order to make a plan to be there. We'd love to have um, a thousand folks there or more. You know, if we could get the the hotel full of pro-lifers, we would love that. Um, there's also a way to get involved in a live simulcast if for whatever reason um, your listeners can't be there in person. Um, a portion of the event will be um, live simulcast. Um, John Erickson Tata and Jim Daly kick off the evening with our live simulcast. They can host it in their schools. They can host it in a Bible study group or in their churches. Uh, so they can still be a, a part of that if they'd like to. And one of the best things that we could ask for your listeners to do is to download the prayer guide that's on that website and cover this event in prayer. Um, you said it so beautifully, Bill, you know, fighting this fight. It really is. It is a fight for life every day. And we can't do it without the covering of prayer from your listeners 
and focus on the family listeners. And so I'd encourage your listeners to download uh, the prayer calendar and join us as we're preparing to get this event underway. Um, And then again, if they can join us in person, we'd love to have them come alongside. And again, what's that website again? It's evangelicals.org. Dot life, evangelicals.life. Life. Okay, I didn't list all my notes here, so I'm to make sure I got that down. That website, evangelicals.life, evangelicals.life. And I want to tell you how important this is to participate one way or another. And that is, first of all, if, if God's blessed you with the resources and you can, uh, you know, stand and be one of those counted with what's happening with the Supreme Court these days, what's happening with a pro-life president, what's happening with an opportunity to make a statement. I want to tell you that uh, as many bodies as possible that can uh, not only be rallying at the actual conference on January 18th through the 20th, but again, joining in the March for Life, that is just very, very important. Now, if you can't do that, Wow, what a wonderful time that we live with the technology. We've got the ability to live stream and to be involved. And so if you can't go to D.C., it's going to be important for you to plug in. Why? Because uh, as we're going to be sharing Christ in, in these times where people are have a lot of questions, given the world that we live in in this culture in America, um, you need to understand exactly how to present the gospel in terms of how important life is. And boy, you're going to hear from Jim Daly and Joni Erickson Tata and others. And so what you can say is, is that uh, I want to encourage each and every you to just each and every one of you to just tune in and see if you can plug in again. uh, Robin Chambers, tell us a little bit about some of the resources as we wrap up there at Focus on the Family. We have, um, if they go to the website you mentioned earlier, our Focus on the Family main website, we have an entire digital library of pro-life resources that really can um, help equip your your listeners and our listeners on how to be involved um, outside of the March for Life and the Evangelicals for Life Conference. Um, we have resources to strengthen their families. We have resources to strengthen their marriages. And we also have resources to help them understand what it means to be pro-life. Um, those are digital downloads. Those are free. And so we'd encourage your listeners to go onto that website and look at those. Um, and it just is a great tool to help them understand, like you said, to be able to share that message of pro-life and pro-justice and the truth that you and I know, which is that every life is made in the image of God and deserves dignity and respect. And those resources can help them do that. So thank you so much for allowing me to be on today. And I said, love to have your listeners join us. All right. And again, that's Robin Chambers coming to us today from Focus on the Family there in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And again, everybody knows is Joni Erickson Tata and Jim Daly. They'll be kicking things off. And to find out more, go to evangelicals.life. That's right, evangelicals.life for more information about the conference. And uh, we really want you to be a part of it. Uh, Robert Chambers, thank you so much for being with us. And since it's a Friday, got to wish you a very, very blessed weekend and uh, all the best in the work you're doing there for the issues of life. Thank you so much for having me, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. All right, coming up in a moment, going to go from Colorado Springs out to California, talk about what's happening on a Hollywood beat. Ben Kaiser will be along with our friends with the Movie Guide. Today we're talking about some things this weekend that you might want to go see at the theater. That and more of the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away. I'll be right back. 
This is the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump today decided to go ahead and sign into law the $1.5 trillion tax reform bill before leaving to Florida for the holidays in a very low-key ceremony in the Oval Office. It is the first major overhaul of the nation's tax laws since 1986. Journalists chase stories, but now hackers are chasing journalists. An AP investigation into the Russian cyber espionage collective known as Fancy Bear has found that the group has gone after scores of reporters, bloggers, and TV personalities. One Russian media figure says that hackers are hunting for info which they can use as leverage for later. Orders for long-lasting manufactured goods rose last month by 1.3 percent, boosted by orders for both commercial and defense aircraft. And on Wall Street today, Nasdaq down 5 to 69.60. The S&P down 1 to 26.83. The Dow closing down 28 to 24,754. This is SRN News. Don't miss Lander Lakes Christian School's annual open house. Sunday, January 28th, 1 to 3 at First Baptist Church of Lander Lakes. Tour the classrooms, examine curriculum, and meet the staff. Celebrating 40 years in Christian education, Lander Lakes Christian School is accredited by the American Association of Christian Schools, North American Christian School Accrediting Agency and the National Council for Private School Accreditation. Classes available pre-K-3 through 12th grade. More information at lolcs.org. That's lolcs.org. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. The holidays bring families together. We help keep them together. Would you partner with us here at the end of the year to help us reach and strengthen even more families? Your tax-deductible gift will help Focus increase its impact in your life and with others. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. People like you are turning despair to hope. The children in school just radiate the hope of Christ that they're receiving. I would just encourage anyone listening to just come alongside and support this work because it will have an eternal impact. Thank you for bringing hope to refugee kids this Christmas. Call 877-873-0190 or go online to letstalkfaith.com. Sunday mornings at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. And also we looked at verse 35, which talks about as long as there's a sun, a moon, stars, that the nation of Israel will never cease from being a nation before God. Heart of Messiah, Sunday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, and online at letstalkfaith.com. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take, fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill 
Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. Around here, we love helping you find answers. Christians believe that 2,000 years ago, the ultimate answer came in the form of an infant born in a Bethlehem manger. That hope has endured through the ages and brought joy to countless millions. Our prayer is that you sense that hope throughout the holidays, joyfully wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe home where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit break. And we're back. It's uh, Friday afternoon, and we're getting ready to uh, roll into Christmas on Monday. And as always, movies and Christmas just seem to be uh, something that goes hand in hand. And as we wrap up uh, our time this year with Movie Guide, I want to just express to them uh, how much we appreciate uh, their ministering to us week after week. And for our audience, I want to remind you that uh, Movie Guide at movieguide.org is a 501c3 a corporation, which means that they um, depend on charitable contributions. And I would ask you that if you have been blessed by them this year, either by uh, the cautions they have given you in terms of um, uh, being able to go to movieguide.org and know exactly what uh, either your family or specifically your children were going to be exposed to in a particular uh, movie, or some of the articles that uh, certainly have been helpful and timely throughout the year. And a third element that you don't even realize is the impact Dr. Ted Bear and Kaiser and the staff, uh, not only here in this country, but around the globe, in terms of working with all the individuals who actually make the movies, making them aware of Christ, making them aware of um, what our audience uh, of people of faith, of a Christian worldview, uh, like to see. And uh, we thank you for all that ministry. Again, to give, that's movieguide.org, movieguide.org. Joining me this afternoon, Ben Kaiser, for the last time of this year, at least uh, with me, is uh, joining us from California this afternoon. And, of course, Movie Guide is a bi-weekly journal in addition to the, the great website that they carry. And we always remind you to go ahead and log on for some of those um, articles. Ben, good to have you back with us today. Great to be with you, Bill. So this is your first Christmas as a married man, correct? That is correct. <laughs> Now, have you all been kind of snuggled up going and get the Christmas tree and and getting the lights and all that new family thing that that comes on with that first uh, Christmas and New Year's, right? All of it. All of it. Got the presents under the tree. We are ready. Oh, my word. That'll wear off after a while. 
Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited to sleep in, though, to be honest. That's all I'm excited about, just get a lot of sleep. Well, I've just never been ahead of the curve on the gifts, so I'm always a little sensitive to that, and we can read people when they react to certain things, so that's because my shopping is not done. Oh boy. Well, let's talk about uh, some movies. As I said, it's always a part of Christmas for some movies, and the first one up we'll talk about today uh, reminds us of Robin Williams. It's because uh, it is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. This is a sequel, so tell us about this one because sort of interesting with uh, Robin having passed on. Yeah, so this is a, a sequel to the original movie, which a lot of people grew up watching and loved. And this one stars actually Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, uh, Jack Black, and they have a kind of a, a twist. Before, uh, it was about these kids that enter a, a board game, and this one, they're entering a video game world, sort of a n- retro 1990s throwback. And you have these four teenagers, and they get, they get sucked into this magical video game, and they are uh, transformed into the profiles that they choose, chose on the video game. So you have this this uh, uh, nerd that ends up being the the avatar of Dwayne Johnson, and you have a jock that ends up being Kevin Hart, a a, a you know shorter sort of uh, nerd character, and you have uh, this teenage girl. Her avatar is actually Jack Black's character. So there's kind of a uh, Freaky Friday sort of a, a, a personality switch, and you have a. a Dwayne Johnson, who is actually a character who is kind of timid and is afraid of things. And that's kind of funny to see. So they're, they're trying to uh, survive this uh, video game world that has all these dangerous elements like giant hippopotamuses. And, and it's, an, it's an action-adventure movie. It's got a lot of fun elements. It's an entertaining movie. Uh, we gave it three out of four stars because it, it could have been, been better. It is funny. It does have some exciting moments, but some of the humor just is on the edgy, more lewd side and isn't as creative as it could be. Mm. It also has too many obscenities and profanities that we have to warrant caution for and some, you know, lewd LGBT references. Because in one one, uh, uh, scene, uh, the, the Jack Black character, who is actually a teenage girl uh, has a crush on this other male character. And there's some, you know, slight, uh, you know, homosexual references in that area. So we do end up giving this movie a minus two for an extreme caution because of those elements. It's not, it's not family friendly, which is unfortunate because there's sort of a, a, you know, marketing it, marketing it as a family friendly adventure, uh, similar to the original Jumanji movie. And, and it's just not that. So it's more geared towards older teenagers, and we still advise parents to exercise caution. You can read the full content breakdown at movieguide.org, but that's for Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. And I would suggest that um, Ben has already shared enough with me that it's too confusing to figure out what's going on with uh, the characters and because of our support for uh, Christian worldview values, especially when it comes to the family uh, I certainly am not recommending that, uh, especially with the cost of movies today. This might not be the one that uh, you want to be uh, spending your Christmas dollars on. And again, if you'd like to drill down further, we only hit the top of uh, the issues on the movies. Go to movieguide.org, movieguide.org, and read the complete review for Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Next up is a movie by the name of Perfect Pitch 3. 
and uh, go ahead and tell us about this one because I think this was uh, the third of three movies, right? Actually, Pitch Perfect three. It's a little a little different, <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, the third of a, a trilogy. It's about this uh, female acapella group uh, from uh, a college and. It's kind of a comedy musical. These are quirky characters out of the box, but they they do these great acapella mashups and they they do competitions. In this movie, it's a little different because they're doing a tour overseas for the troops. They're entertaining for the troops and they're trying to uh, get signed on to a record label. That's sort of the the drama that they're leading up to. They're trying to impress this uh, big superstar who might find them. And uh, there's a subplot where one of the gals in the group has a father who's a criminal and is try- has nefarious motives for reconnecting with his long-lost daughter. So there's some drama there. It's actually a pretty funny movie, but it's also, uh, like Jumanji, just has too many lewd jokes. There's some really hilarious moments, but then there's some just unnecessary sexual jokes and uh, some foul language. So Pitch Perfect two, 3 is another one that we advise strong caution for. We gave it four stars, so entertainment value was pretty high, and the acting and the, the musical members were great, but still not one for the kids. Uh, caution for older teenagers and adults, and be sure to read the full content breakdown for that. Okay, the red light is flashing again. Caution, caution, caution. Pitch Perfect 3 is one that you really need to uh, take a look at the full review at movieguide.org. And because we've had a a couple of movies that have been less than stellar in in terms of us being able to, uh, uh, for Ben to be able to convey convey to you uh, a positive signal in terms of a a Christian worldview, let let me just uh, reemphasize and say, you know, if if movies come out that everybody's going to see and uh, you are diligent enough, not just for your kids, but also for adults, remember that the Bible is very clear. And those of us, the older we get, we realize that things that we have put before our eyes, the things that we have allowed in that are contrary to a biblical worldview, uh, contrary to what Christ would uh, be doing in his life, there's always... Uh, uh, there's always consequences. So I just want to tell you that I know there's an urge to, you know, get to the movies. You're at the mall. You're pulling out your phone. You're checking the Movie Guide app on your Android or on your Apple phone. And you want to go, you know, have a relief and get off your feet. And, boy, you just start looking around. And maybe there's this urge to compromise. And I would just tell you, don't compromise. Uh, stick to your guns. Um, look at the movies. Invest in the movies. Uh, promote movies by way of the dollars that you spend of those that uh, really line up with your values and um, uh, getting a cheap laugh here and there just for the sake of uh, of escaping to the movies for a couple of hours is something that I think that uh, you ought to really just think about uh, this, uh, not only Christmas, but um, New Year season. And again, the website to drill down is movieguide.org, movieguide.org. And, of course, if you haven't downloaded those apps yet, you can go to the Apple Store or the Android uh, download station, and you can uh, just go to Movie Guide and load those on your phone and be ready for um, a quick analysis of the movies. Well, because the Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus um, is so much a part of Sarasota, right here in our West Central Florida listening area. And, uh, of course, I was saddened by the fact that uh, Ringling first got rid of the elephants 
uh, due to the uh, the PETA folks, and then uh, they just decided they couldn't go further. There are other circuses out there, but uh, the man who probably was uh, more responsible than anybody of putting him on the map, of course, was uh, P.T. Barnum of uh, Barnum & Bailey. And uh, a brand new movie is out this weekend called The Greatest Showman. And so with that, Ben Kaiser, with sort of a, a local twist and uh, historical origins right here in our area, tell us about this one. That's actually super fascinating. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman plays P.T. Barnum in The Greatest Showman, and it's a, sort of a family musical. It's a lot of fun. The music is catchy. It's entertaining. It's heartwarming, and it follows P.T. Barnum as he was you know, starting different businesses and struggling, sometimes finding success. He opens up this uh, um, wax museum with uh, stuffed animals, and it's just not doing well. And then he gets the idea of uh, also including some exotic acts, like uh, trapeze artists and like super hairy people or the bearded woman. And this starts creating like some buzz, and people start showing up for the shows. And he finds success finally. And uh, it follows his life as he's dealing with this success while also having two daughters that he has to raise and also uh, uh, realizing that Everybody deserves dis- dignity because ultimately, as Christians, we know that we're all made in the image of God. And, and he has to uh, uh, sometimes struggle and go through ups and downs of, of how to deal with these exotic acts and make sure that people are treated with, with human dignity. So there's some positive values in that. Now, that said, you know, some of these movies do have some you know, slightly politically correct undertones about, you know, finding your true self and, and uh, you, know, you know, just loving who you are. And, and there's some positive in that, but we, we also know that, you know, God calls us to be better than who we are. You know, he saves us from, you know, from our sin and wants to pull us out of it. So if you do end up seeing this movie, those are questions that you really should discuss with your family. And we don't want to get sucked into the, the culture that our world is trying to tell us that uh, we know we're perfectly fine the way we are. We just need to level ourselves when the truth is God loves us in spite of ourselves and makes us better through his son, Jesus. And that's kind of the, that's the uh, biblical way of, of, of twisting the story. So that because of those undertones, we did end up giving it a minus one. That still a, a means a caution for, for children. Uh, if you do end up seeing it, like I said, you know, talk about these messages and, and how to uh, look at them from a biblical perspective. And uh, uh, there are uh, some lighter, objectionable elements, but it's better than the other movies that we talked about. And I'll also throw out there's another good movie that's still in theaters called Ferdinand that is really fun and family friendly. So if you are looking for one to take the kids to, uh, Ferdinand is probably the, the top one that's currently in theaters. Mm. And probably for some of you that were waiting for Christmas weekend and uh, you're not the type to uh, put on your Jedi outfits and be there for the Thursday night opening, uh, we know that uh, The Last Jedi is also going to be at the theaters as well. So some of you are even going back to see it for the second or third time. So that will round out to our movies for the weekend. Again, to find out more about any of these, go to movieguide.org. That's movieguide.org. Well, we got a move going on from Disney, and uh, there's an open letter at movieguide.org to uh, the chief executive officer of the Walt Disney conglomerate, Bob Iger, 
and uh, it talks about not diluting the Disney brand. Uh, there's some cautions now that what's happening. Could you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, this particular open letter? So Disney bought 21st Century Fox for $52 billion, which, uh, I mean, I think Bob Iger is just doing his Christmas shopping a little bit early. Uh, if you ask me, that's quite the quite the price tag. But with that, they get all of the properties and, and assets that come with Fox Studios. And this includes titles like Deadpool, which we've talked about before. This is an X-Men superhero that's a hard R. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about explicit like sexual content and foul language and crazy violence and just terrible messages. Uh, but now these movies will fall under the Disney umbrella. And uh, Bob Iger has, has talked about and teased that they will probably allow these type of movies to continue under their umbrella of uh, Disney Studios. And we just we don't we do not agree with that. I mean, Disney for almost 100 years has been known as a family friendly brand. And uh, so we wrote up this this open letter to Bob Iger that we're going to uh, send out to the whole world, just really imploring Disney to stick to what they're they're known for. You know, we don't like all the movies that they they come out with, but we do appreciate at least the desire to to make entertainment that is wholesome for the whole families. And that's what Walt Disney originally wanted is movies that uh, the whole family can watch together. And uh, we, we don't want, you know, kids to be swayed by characters like Deadpool and, and go down the wrong path because those are not messages, good messages for our youth and for our young children. So, you know, please take a look at the open letter. If you can share it, we want it to, to as many people as possible to read it so that it can, uh, uh, you know, actually make some waves uh, and that'll be up on movieguy.org today actually mm. and of course uh, with what we have to deal with as Christians in a culture that is anti-Christ a culture where uh, in pursuit of the mighty dollar is um, is where everything else gets trampled where boosting the bottom line or feeding an eagle is uh, something that we have to deal with every day I hope that uh, uh, we will continue to uh, advocate our Christian worldviews from, uh, well, from the schoolhouse to the White House, and that uh, when we see um, mergers or things of this nature, billions and billions of dollars, where obviously it is it is the biz and uh, the shareholders, nothing else matters. That's not the way to move forward. Uh, and uh, what I've read is uh, Bob Iger. Uh, for the last few years, uh, basically hasn't um, come across anything he didn't want to buy and control. So it's just, uh, it is what it is. But I know Walt Disney, um, thinking back many, many years where he was uh, here turning uh, a shovel of dirt uh, over in Kissimmee uh, to begin the construction of Walt Disney World. I remember that as a little, little, little boy. And uh, once again, uh, is has gone so many of the great Americans who had the traditional family values and built solid businesses. Uh, so many of those now, when the contemporaries take over, sold out for the mighty dollar. But with that, Ben Kaiser, let me just say thank you for that update. Thank you for all of what uh, Movie Guide means to us. Please express to uh, Dr. Bear, uh, all of your staff, and all of your family members out there, thank you for what you've done. We wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a very blessed New Year. Thank you so much, Bill. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next year, my friend. Bye. All right, bye-bye. 
Well, let me also wish you, our listeners, the Bill Bunkley Show in Salem Media here in West Central Florida, I'd like to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And I will be taking uh, the week off next week, as we do during uh, the Christmas uh, New Year season, so I will not be with you next week. So that means I'm also wishing you a very happy New Year. It's a time of reflection. It's time to keep, uh, you know, Jesus in the season as well as um, ask the Lord what he would have for us to do in the coming year. And so I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for being part of our family and how much that means to us. And uh, hopefully together we'll be able to uh, continue to seek the Lord on a daily basis and to see what he has for us minute by minute, day by day, as we go into the future. Well, coming up next, my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, on today's edition of Living Truth. Favor with God, part two of a two-part series, and it comes from the first chapter of Luke. So until, uh, well, after the first of the year, I'm Bill Bunkley. God bless and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.